Well, hello there and welcome to Dr. Ahmed Dal. It's such an honor to have you with us today and I really hope that today's sermon inspires you and uh, leads you into a deeper relationship with Jesus. Now, we had some technical issues on Sunday evening with a sermon and uh, the first couple of minutes of the sermon actually did not record. So what I want to do is I want to quickly just capture you up and then we're going to dive into what happened on Sunday evening. We started and we spoke about John Newton, the writer of the song Amazing Grace. He was born in 1725, and in his early 20s, he worked as a slave trader on a slave ship. This guy was the worst of the worst. His nickname was literally the the Great Blasphemer. He spoke like a sailor, if you understand what I mean. This guy was hated by his friends. One evening, he actually got so drunk that he fell overboard, and instead of throwing him a buoy, they threw him with harpoons. This guy was not liked. He was, above all, he was disobedient. So much so that the captain of the ship one day stripped him and flogged him. Uh, He gave him eight dozen lashes in front of 350 of his crewmen. Out of this, John Newton decides he's going to murder the captain and then take his own life. Before he can do this, though, a storm comes up. A massive storm and they are in the middle of it. And he, in the middle of all this, says, Lord, have mercy on us all. He goes to the Bible and Jesus changes this guy's life. He gets saved out of this. And he writes a little song you might know. It's called Amazing Grace. And it goes like this. Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. It was grace that taught my heart to fear and grace my fears relieved. How precious did that grace appear the hour I first believed. Now we want to we talk about grace tonight. Uh, and um, it's really tough for me to explain this. It's, it's uh, tough to talk about it because I, it's, such, it's such a personal thing. And I don't always have the vocabulary to explain this. But we said on Sunday there's a scripture that does this so well. I quickly want to read this to you. This is in Ephesians 2, verse 1 to 10. Listen closely. And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We said we want to talk about the simple gospel. And I opened the sermon with these three words. You were but God by grace. So let's dive into the rest of the sermon that happened on Sunday evening, started, starting with this first point, you were. Enjoy. To understand good news, you have to understand that there's a condition in our hearts that we have to be saved from. Let me ask you this, for who did Jesus come? There's a, there's a scripture in Luke 19 verse 10 who explains exactly for what reason he came. Does anybody know that scripture? 
For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Not the kind of lost, not the kind of sinners, not the like, kind of bad people. Jesus came to seek and save the totally lost, the totally separated from him, the total sinners. He came to save those guys. He didn't come to save the people who could probably make it on their own. He didn't come to save just the murderers and the, and the, 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 the adulterers and the, the very bad people. He didn't come to save just the kind of bad people. He came to save total sinners. The bad news is that we are in a con- we, we're born into the line of Adam. And just as Adam sinned, go and, we, we don't have time for this uh, to go into it, but go and read Romans where Paul goes into this. He said that like Adam, the world sinned in Adam, just in the same way in Christ we are redeemed. Through the, through the trespass of one man, sin entered the world, and through the, the obedience of one man, righteousness entered the world. We have to understand that there's a consequence to sin. We spoke about this in week one. Do you remember? There was a consequence to the sin of Adam and Eve. God said, and you ta- if you take off the tree, you will surely die. And they did. Spiritually, they died that day. And we are born into that line. So to really understand good news, we have to understand that we are truly, truly lost without God. Let me take it home quickly. It's to say that Kobus is a sinner. I am a sinner. Corbus was dead in his trespasses. It's to understand that it wasn't like kind of dead and it wasn't, I didn't need that much salvation like that guy. We do that, right? I might be doing this, but at least I'm not doing that. I might be doing this, but at least I'm not as, as bad as that guy. No, we have to understand that without Christ, there's a fundamental flaw in our nature. We are wired to go against God and it's when his grace enters that it changes, but I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. It's to say that I walked according to the world. Read that scripture again quickly. Ephesians 1, uh, Ephesians 2 verse 1. You were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind. And we were by nature, listen to that, we were by nature, it's in your, it was in your nature to be children of wrath. That's where John Newton was at the beginning, right? I was a sinner. You probably have a I was statement, right? If you look back on your life, I was this, I was this, I did this, I committed this, I said this. We all have a past, Right? And it's under, I think it's so uh, important for you to understand tonight. I want you to focus in on that because without that, you won't understand grace. Without understanding the bad news, you won't understand the good news and the personal way it comes into your life. So the first thing is you were, right? Say it with me. You were. Say I was. <laughs> I was. You were dead. Corbus was. And then we come to the next part. But God. It's the best two words in the Bible, but God. I love those two words. And, and it's more than once that Paul writes these words. He would, he would write these long letters and then he says, but God. And they're like, whew, oh, thank goodness. But God, Corbus was, but God. You were, but God. I trust that tonight that you are going to have a but God moment. 
or at best that you are going to be reminded of your but God moment. I had a but God moment. Kobus was, but God came. I was, but God. I trust that you're going to have a but God moment. I, I think there are people in this world who are hurting. And perhaps you are in pain tonight. You don't understand your circumstances. But God will lead you through it. Perhaps you're addicted to something. Perhaps you just can't let go of this thing in your life. But God is going to give you liberation from that thing. Perhaps you're struggling with anxiety. Perhaps the cares of the world are weighing down on your shoulders. But God is going to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding. I really trust that God is going to bless you with a but God moment tonight. Listen to this, verse 4 of Ephesians 2. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Turn your attention quickly to the story of Paul. Everybody knows the story of Paul, right? So Paul was a Christian slayer. <laughs> he was a murderer of Christians. Now to understand, this guy was really uh, actually a, a brilliant Pharisee. He was so passionate about what he believed. He was a Jewish Pharisee. A, 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 he was a guy who was really well read in the scriptures. He knew the, the Hebrew Bible of heart. And he believed that he was doing God a favor by ridding the world of this new Christian sect that's, that's coming up. He truly believed that it was his God-given mission to go out and kill people. So much so that he travels a very long way to the high priest at the time. And he asks him permission to eradicate this Christian filth from the world. He gets permission and he starts going throughout Palestine. Door to door, city to city, neighborhood to neighborhood. Literally getting Christians and throwing them in the arena. Getting Christians, stoning them. That's where the story of Stephen in Acts, Acts uh, 6 and 7 comes from. Paul was standing there while they were stoning this guy because he was a Christian. A, a Christian slayer. He was literally a modern-day ISIS, if you can think about it like that. See the picture here. He goes to ask permission to rid the world of Christians because he hates Jesus' followers. And he's on his way to Damascus, right? But God. Paul was on his way to murder Christians, but God. There's this but God moment where there's this light shining from heaven and stops him in his tracks. And Jesus says to him, Paul, why are you persecuting me? He's a Saul at the time. Why are you persecuting me? Not my church, not my people, me. But God comes to him and says, why are you doing this? And he turns his life around like that. He goes to a guy called, uh, I think it's uh, Ananias or, An 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 Anas or something like that. Can't remember the name now. Thank you. He goes to this guy and this guy prays for him. He's blind at the time. He prays for him. He receives a sight. He gets baptized and God changes his life. Paul was but God. Paul was but God. I was but God. We said this as well. In the Old Testament, there was this, this feast, right? The Pass Passover feast. Who can remember what happened at that feast? What happened, they celebrated what happened in, in, in Egypt with Moses, where the death angel came on the 10th plague, and he was about to kill all the firstborn babies in Egypt, Hebrew and Egyptian alike. And God tells his people, if you want to 
if you want the death angel to skip your house, take a year-old lamb, kill it, a year-old lamb without blemish, kill it and, and, and put the blood of the lamb over your doorpost. And we said that that was a, a foreshadowing of the cross, where Jesus' blood was, was over the, the cross. Jesus is the lamb, we said. Remember what John said when he saw him, behold, the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The Old Testament lamb is foreshadowing the Lamb of God, Jesus. It's finished. Three days is rolled. Three, three days in the grave and the, uh, the stone is rolled away. You were but God. Paul was but God. The third one is by grace. That's how God does it. You were but God by grace. Say that one more time. I want it really to sink in. You were but God by grace. Listen to this, verse 8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And it's not your own doing. It's the gift of God. Let me tell you something. Do you pay for a gift? No. It's free. It's a free gift of God. Not a result of work so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is so beautiful. Grace is so beautiful. What, what does grace do? Grace does this thing where there's an adulterous woman on the ground with people aiming stones at her. Grace comes and picks her up and chases the, the attackers away. What grace does, it's a, it's a scandalous thing. It's a free gift that God gives uh, you. What does grace do? Grace does this. There's a father with two sons, and the one son wants to use his inheritance and runs away and use it on prostitutes and, and has a good time drinking with his friends, and grace is the one sitting on the porch waiting for his son to come back. Grace is the one sitting and waiting, and when he sees his sons, he strips himself and he runs with a ring and a robe in his hand, and he hands it to his son and says, my son, you're back. I love you so much. I love you so much. That's grace. Grace is a sinner on a cross hanging there. And his buddy is cursing Jesus. And he says, this man has done nothing wrong. You be quiet. And Jesus turning to him and says, son, today you will be in paradise with me. That's grace. Did that man do anything to deserve that? Did that man do anything, anything at all? No. But he saw that Jesus was the son of God. Can I ask you to stand? And Ben, can I ask you to join me on stage? Grace is how God does the gospel. That's how he makes it personal. Grace is how he does it. It's, a, it's the scandal of the cross. It's otherworldly. It's too good to be true, right? Perhaps you are here tonight and you, are, you were betrayed by somebody that you love. Maybe there's a hurt in your life. Maybe... You're not the husband you thought you would turn out to be. Maybe you're not the friend you should have been. Perhaps tonight you're, you're sitting here and you're wearing chains. There's something in your life holding you and you can't get free of it. Perhaps tonight you're addicted to pornography. You're addicted to social media. You, maybe you have an eating disorder. Maybe you have low esteem. Maybe you're ashamed of your past and what you've done. Maybe you're guilty of what you and your boyfriend did last week. Maybe you're guilty about the fact that there are a string of girls behind you that you never called back and abandoned them. Perhaps in the mornings you get out of the shower and look into the mirror and you hate what you see. Perhaps tonight you need a but God moment. And I'm trusting God in this moment. I'm really trusting and I, I told the band before and this is a heavy thing for me. 
Because this is what happened in my life. <laughs> I had a but God moment where I was a sinner, forsaken, lost on my own, trying to do life on my own, and God entered, the gospel entered my life. The fact that Jesus paid for my sins came to my understanding, and it changed my life forever. I am sold out for the gospel. My whole life I devote to this truth because I had a but God moment. God came by grace and he gave me a but God moment. I was but God by grace. I was but God by grace. I want you to say this just quietly. If you want to shout it, you're welcome. But just say, I was but God by grace. Say it again. I was but God by grace. One more time. I was but God, by grace. And perhaps you're standing here tonight and you can't say that. Maybe your reality is I am. It's a first step, friend. It's to see tonight that you are. And there's a God who wants to come and change your life. My life has never been the same since the day I started following Jesus. My life has never, ever been the same again. He changed everything. And I love him so much. He's the one who gives me purpose in my life. I was. But God, by grace. So I want to um, give you a chance if you're here tonight and that's your reality. If you are standing here and you're saying, I am. I'm addicted. I'm, I hate myself. There's anxiety in my life. I want to ask you to be bold right now. I want you to just raise your hand for me. Nothing weird. We're not going <laughs> to do anything weird with you. We just want to pray with you. Because God wants to change something in your life. Thanks, I see that hand. Can I ask you to just reach out your hands? I see that hand. Awesome. If that's you, can you pray this prayer with me? Father, thank you that you paid the full price for me. Jesus, thank you that you hung on a cross for my sake. Tonight, God, I reach out, reach, reach out and I take grace. I embrace it, Lord. I take it into my heart and I accept the fact that you saved me. I was, Lord, but you came. You came. Thank you for my new life, Lord. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Well, there we go. Thank you so much for listening to the sermon today. I hope it inspired you. I hope that you take this message to heart. And remember, you were but God by grace. See you next time.